Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You can't stay angry at somebody that you're praying for. I mean, you might start off and it might be just like you're chewing a box of nails, you know, when you're praying for them. But God begins to do that work in your heart and it's not long before you really begin to pray God's blessing on them. They're cursing you and you're praying for them. They're slandering you and you're praying for them. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. We're called to pray for everyone, even the people who have wronged us or those we consider enemies. Pastor J.D. encourages us to pray for those we'd rather not pray for. He assures us that in doing so, we will find the ability to forgive them easier. Think of those who have wronged you and pray for them instead of thinking ill of them. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 7 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's get started. So Psalm 7. Uh, begins with an introductory title of sorts, and we're told that it's a meditation concerning the words of Cush, a Benjamite, and uh, we don't know necessarily who this uh, Cush is. We're not really told specifically who he is, but what we can conclude is that he, like King Saul was a Benjamite, and we can surmise from the psalm that this man, whoever he was, had lied about David, had falsely accused David, had even slandered him. And it's interesting because Psalm 7 has actually been dubbed the Psalm of the Slandered Saint. Charles Spurgeon of this wrote, It appears probable that Cush, the Benjamite, had accused David to Saul of treasonable conspiracy against his royal authority. This the king would be ready enough to credit both from his jealousy of David and from the relation which most probably existed between himself the son of Kish, and this Cush, or Kish, the Benjamite. This may be called the song of the slandered saint. So if you're here tonight and someone has slandered you, this psalm is for you. Uh, Maybe I can even say it this way. This song (laughs) is for you, because that's what this psalm is, is a song. So let's begin verse 1. And by the way, uh, right out of the chute here, uh, what's going to become abundantly clear is that this sounds like a song that we sing. And just like David uh, so beautifully led us in worship tonight, uh, some of those uh, worship songs brought back some uh, really good memories from a long time ago. But those songs are the Psalms. And, and some of those are the best songs because they are the Psalms. So as we read Psalm 7, it's going to become 
familiar to you because we we put this to song uh, in our days. So David writes, O Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me and deliver me lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces while there is none to deliver. O Lord, verse 3, my God, if I have done this, if there is iniquity in my hands, if I have repaid evil to him who was at peace with me or have plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue me and overtake me. Yes, let him trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Selah. Uh, if a man is guilty, he's not going to proclaim that. He's not going to say that. He's certainly not going to pray that. This is coming from one who knows that he is innocent and he is confident in being blameless, certainly blameless in that which he's been accused of. And if you kind of look at this, uh, again, you can surmise that this is what he was being accused of, specifically that he had iniquity in his hands, verse 3. That he had repaid evil to him who was at peace with him, verse 4. That he had plundered his enemy without cause. This is what he had been falsely accused of and slandered concerning. And interesting too to note in verse 2, I don't know if you caught it, lest they tear me like a lion. Who does that sound? Does that not sound like our adversary, our enemy who roars like a, a lion roaming, stalking us to and fro to devour us? This is what David is describing. Certainly his enemies have multiplied against him. So now here's the cry of his heart, verse 6. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up because of the rage of my enemies. Rise up for me to the judgment you have commanded. Notice the interesting choice of wording here. David is right to put this on the Lord. It's not David's anger. It's the Lord's anger. It's a righteous anger. So verse 7, the congregation of the peoples shall surround you. For their sakes, therefore, return on high. The Lord, verse 8, shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. David knows he's on the right side of this. David knows he's right. He's righteous. David knows that he's walking in integrity. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more secure. There's this sanctified confidence that comes when you know that you're righteous, that the justice of your cause is righteous. I can't wait till we get to Psalm 34. What a beautiful and powerful Psalm. Verse 9, he continues. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. My defense, this is important, verse 10, hang on to this. My defense 
is of God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Think about that. God is angry with the wicked every day. If he does not turn back, verse 12, he will sharpen his sword. He bends his bow and makes it ready. He also prepares for himself instruments of death. He makes his arrows into fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. I like that. Reminds me of that proverb that says an evil man sets a trap and ends up being trapped by the trap that he sat. He he rolls the stone and the stone rolls over him. Uh, (laughs) I love it when God does that. So verse 16, his trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. So I want to share a couple thoughts on this psalm. The first of which has to do with what David does not do. Uh, Sometimes I, I think we would do well to take note of that which is conspicuously absent from the narrative, and in this case, the psalm. But notice what David does not do in response to being lied about, falsely accused, and slandered. David does not go to social media. (laughs) He doesn't post on Facebook. He doesn't tweet on Twitter. He doesn't, you know, publish a video on YouTube, nor does he text or call anyone. He calls upon the name of the Lord. He goes right to the Lord and he prays. Now, why do I bring that up? And I don't mean to be silly here, but um, the argument could be made that this is what we do in this social media world in which we live. When someone wrongs us, says something about us, or worse yet, falsely accuses us, what what do we do? We take matters into our own hands. And we, first thing we do is we unfriend them, right? On Facebook and we block them and we then start talking stink about them. David doesn't do that. What I love about this is David is going to the Lord knowing that the Lord will defend him. He's not going to defend himself. You know it's interesting in the Gospels that Jesus never defended himself. He just remained silent. God was his defense. And such is the case with David here. And this is the second thought, and it has to do with David's confidence. And again, I I like to refer to it as a sanctified confidence. And notice he has this 
by the end of the psalm. Why? Because he knows. Not he hopes, not he thinks, not he prays. No, he knows that God will defend him. I've heard it said this way. Um, don't, if you try to defend yourself, God will let you. Let God defend you. He'll always do a much better job than you can. Let God be your defense. David is so confident of this that he's already praising the Lord in advance of what he knows God is going to do on his behalf and in his defense. And here's what's interesting is that he doesn't allow his slanders to silence his praise. Which, by the way, <laughs> speaks to what I think is the lesson of the psalm. There are many lessons, but this is a very important lesson and truth in our lives, especially concerning the enemy. And it's that of what Jesus said about the enemy, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is textbook when it comes to the tactic of the enemy. Uh, stay with me on this, and, and I want you to think this through with me. So what's the devil going to steal from us? Is he not going to steal from us our fellowship with the Lord, our intimacy with the Lord, our joy of the Lord, our prayer to the Lord? Is that not what he wants to sever, for lack of a better word? Is that not what he wants to thwart and steal? Because he knows that's the deciding factor. So notice the order, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the order. So once he can sever and steal the joy, and by the way, remember in Nehemiah, 8.11, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if he can get a Christian and steal their joy, silence their praise, he's now drained their strength because that's the joy of the Lord. But here's the thing. He also wants to steal that, that closeness that we have with the Lord. And this is one of the ways that he does it. Psalm 22, 3, very important. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. In other words, God inhabits the praises of his people. Every time you and I, we, as we just did, praise the Lord and worship the Lord, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Now watch this, when we get to Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let's, let's put this together now. So if he inhabits the praises of his people, and when he inhabits and his presence is there, when his people praise him, and in his presence is fullness of joy, then wouldn't it stand to reason that the enemy wants to thwart that? Rob us of that? And steal that? so that we don't have his presence that comes when he inhabits the praises of his people. 
Let me say it this way. Don't let anyone silence your praise. Praise the Lord. No, yeah, but you don't know what they said about me. Praise them louder. Praise the Lord. The Lord's going to have the final word on it. Yeah, but they, they falsely accused me of horrific and unthinkable things. Praise the Lord. What did Jesus say in Matthew 5? Pray for your enemies, uh, those who uh, speak evil of you and despitefully use you. <sighs> okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'll pray for my enemies. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you kill them. Yeah, right? No, here's, here's, here's how it works. <laughs> you can't stay angry at somebody that you're praying for. I mean, you might start off and it might be just like you're chewing a box of nails, you know, when you're praying for them. But God begins to do that work in your heart. And it's not long before you really begin to pray God's blessing on them. They're cursing you and you're praying for them. They're slandering you and you're praying for them. Don't, it could be said this way. Not only don't let the slander silence your praise, don't let them silence your prayers either. Don't let them silence your prayers either. In fact, if anything, that's the time to praise him louder and pray to him more. Psalm 8. This one is to the chief musician. It's on the instrument of Gath. And we're told that it is a Psalm of David. Uh, here again, we have a, a beautiful praise song that we sing, verse 1. O Lord, our, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And by the way, this we've talked about this before. Maybe this is a, a good time to just mention it again. It'll be germane to our understanding because we're going to see it again and again. But you have to understand that whenever you see uh, your name, in scripture, it's referring to the nature of God. The name is the nature. They would name the child based on the nature of that child. Example, uh, you know, when uh, Abraham and Sarah had uh, Isaac, so the name is the nature. It was laughable that a man of 100 years of age and a woman of 90 years of age uh, would have a child. It is laughable. And and because Sarah laughed when uh, the angel of the Lord came and told Abraham, uh, one year from today, you're going to have a son and you're going to name him. It, this was actually his name. And it's the same name in the Hebrew as it is in my native language of the Arabic. So in Hebrew, it's Yitzhak. We say Isaac in English. In Arabic, it's Yitzhak. Do you know what Yitzhak in Arabic and Yitzhak in Hebrew means? It means laughter. How would you like that? So I say to you in Arabic, Anna Yitzhak Aleikum. I'm, I shouldn't say that actually. I just said I, I'm laughing at you. I shouldn't laugh at you. I should laugh with you. So let me say it this way. Anna Yitzhak or in Hebrew Yitzhak or in English Isaac. 
Malakum, with you. I'm laughing. Every time you pronounce his name, you were pronouncing the nature of who he was. This was laughable. And Sarah laughed. And so the name was the nature. So now transpose that to the name of the Lord. It's the nature of the Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. You know, when Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, so we think, oh yeah. Oh Lord, won't you give me a Mercedes Benz? In Jesus' name. We tack that on, right? Because he said anything. No. Here's what it means. If you ask anything that is according to my nature, that is compatible with my will, that is according to my way, who I am, consistent with who I am, you can have it. That's the name, the nature. You pray in the name according to the nature. So when David writes, uh, how excellent is your name? How excellent is your nature, your character, who you are in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes, verse 2, and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, and (laughs) David being a shepherd uh, out there with the sheep at night, uh, he knew a thing or two about the moon and the stars as he would be out there in the fields. And so here he's, he's pondering, he's considering the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. And then he says, verse 4, What is man <laughs> that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. For, verse 5, you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen. Even the beasts of the field. The birds of the air. And the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, verse 9, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. I love this psalm. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. 
This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.